This is Donald Parham of the LA Chargers, and you're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the LA Football Network. Stay Jesus. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy or AG1 Mint Mobile and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, what a difference. Less Whoa. than Whoa. 12 hours? or <laughs> No, no. Yeah, what a difference a day makes, essentially. Uh, Technically, yeah, I, technically, it was probably 13 hours from the 13 end of that hours, game. yeah. 13 hours, roughly, however you want to slice it. Breaking you know, news. You, you Breaking news. A, you and I did a live show last night. And to talk about the uproar that the Chargers fandom was in, and for good reason, after an absolute embarrassing historical loss to the Las Vegas Raiders on Thursday night football, we felt the pain of the fandom in that show last night. And you could see the jubilation of the fandom this morning, just from one side of the spectrum to the other, as the Chargers have officially now, with three games remaining in the 2023 season, they have fired head coach Brandon Staley, and they have relieved general manager Tom Telesco of his duties. Um, Dan, I'll be the first to say I'm shocked because I have been on here saying for the longest time, going by historic rhetoric that... The Chargers would not do this because they haven't done it since 1998. They have not shown any indication that they were going to change anything different. I thought they were going to ride this to the end out of respect for Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco. And color me shocked. They actually pulled the trigger. With three games to go, this is probably the best thing in terms of building this franchise moving forward. You get a jump on head coaching candidates. You get a jump on GM candidates as well. And Dan, the big I think the biggest thing here in terms of building and moving forward in the right way, Tom Telesco was the real X factor of this because we had said it as long as he was still the GM of this team based on his 11-year track record, it wouldn't really matter which coach was coming in to replace Brandon Staley if he was still the GM. So good on the Spanos family for finally recognizing it, for ultimately doing what needed to be done. And now you can create something from the front office down, which is something that this team has sorely needed for too long. Yes. Yes. Let's read verbatim the uh, note from Dean Spanos, owner and chairman of the board for the Chargers. I'm going to read this quote. I want to thank Tom and Brandon for their hard work, dedication, and professionalism and wish both them and their great families nothing but the best, said owner-chairman of the board, Spanos. These decisions are never easy, nor are they something I take lightly, especially when you consider the number of people they impact. We are clearly not where we expect to be, however, and we need new vision. Doing nothing in the name of continuity was not a risk I was willing to take. Our fans have stood through so many ups and downs and close games, they deserve more. Frankly, they've earned more. Building and maintaining a championship caliber program remains our goal, and reimagining how we achieve that goal begins today. The key line out of that, Dan, was him talking about not wanting to 
stay content for the sake of continuity anymore. That was the one that really jumped out to me because that's historically what this franchise has done is be content with mediocrity and results like you've seen over the past few years. So I'm glad that that was part of Spanos's statement. Hopefully, as it relates to moving forward in the GM and the head coaching search, that that same thought process relates to what he's planning on helping build. The other component of this that was refreshing and kind of gave me chills, if I'm being honest, was him talking, him being Dean Spanos, talking to the fans directly. From San Diego to LA, all over the world, wherever they are, Chargers fans have been in their feelings, and there are lots of mixed feelings about Dean Spanos. And there are a lot of Chargers fans from San Diego, from LA, and in between, who this is what they have been wanting to hear for years. And not just here, but to see action based off of words. And for Dean Spanos to acknowledge that the fans deserve more and have earned more and have gone through these ups and downs and acknowledge that it's not okay. That, I think, is a step that this Chargers fan base has been so desperately yearning. So good on Dean Spanos. I, there's a lot of flack, a lot of criticism that has been thrown his way. And some can argue that this is a season too late and that they've had Tom Telesco here too long. There's no question. There's a lot of fear that Chargers fans, while they thought they knew what this team should do, there was fears that they wouldn't, or at least not go far enough. And while how long it took, it went into this game, it needed a historic collapse in order for it to happen, they did it. And in swift action relative to the embarrassment that was primetime, 13 hours later, news is released. And so I don't take that lightly because, Jake, you and I talked about it before. This type of move for this char Chargers organization is unprecedented. Like, historically, they don't do this midseason, especially up to the GM level. But what the nation, the world saw on primetime television last night was historically bad. So history met history. You saw action based off of it. It is really just a shame that it took an embarrassment like that Fair. to pull the trigger. Because obviously a number of people believe that Brandon Staley shouldn't have returned after the Jacksonville debacle, which I totally get. There are not many head coaches that would get another chance after something like that in the playoffs. And if that wasn't embarrassing enough, you fast forward to last night and an historical embarrassment on prime television against a division rival where history is made for both teams and you are on the worst end of that stick. It was embarrassing. Pun, pun, in a pun intended. Pun yeah, intended. And it, <laughs> good, good one. And it was embarrassing in a number of fashions, Dan. Like you have everybody just talking about the body language of the team out there just looked like they were done mentally physically people were saying that they had had quit just not just for playing for the coach but for each other they just didn't look like they were connected dan we have talked about it for weeks that we believe that there was some sort of disconnect 
in this locker room between players and coaches alike. Something mm -hmm. is not getting through. Something is not resonating because this is not a bad play trend that just started yesterday. This is a bad product that has been on this field with this team, even with Justin Herbert at the helm, all season long. And they have never been able to correct it. So it, it, is, a, it is really unfortunate for the standpoint that you had to endure this season as anybody covering this team, as anybody watching this team, as anybody as a fan of this team, that you had to endure it up until this point to see another year of Chargers football with Justin Herbert at the helm essentially wasted. But now, from a standpoint of what needed to be done building, moving forward, with as Telesco said, or excuse me, with as Spano said, a vision for the future, you now have an opportunity to make that better. So, new vision. Before we even get to 2024, we don't know who the interim coach is going to be for 2023. They said they're going to be announcing that in short order. If I had to guess, special teams coach Brian Ficken is the man in line. That's what Bridget Condon was starting to tweet a little bit. A lot of people had obviously said this morning that they believe Kellen Moore, which I get from a standpoint of just the hierarchy of things. Sure. But which what you actually showed the most consistency all year. Now, many people may not think that that correlates between special teams and uh, you know head coach, but if if I was evaluating the team to say, hey, who do I feel giving an opportunity to with three games left in a lost season? Give it to Ryan Fickett. He's deserved it. I agree. So new vision, Jake, I think that's important. We've talked about kind of how stale things have felt from a, a vision perspective, or at least from a leadership point of view and what that's translated to on the field. Now comes the hard part. I think step. I think there are probably three major steps here. Step one, they they fired the head coach. Step two, they fired the GM, which is a big one. I think step three is the hire from successful organizations to yes. lead to lead. So they can hire a head coach from anywhere. We'll talk about that later. But the person calling the shots, the person that's going to be managing personnel, managing draft capital, managing all of this, the general manager has to, in my opinion, come from a place that has bred success and consistency and collaboration within their organization. Priority one is bring in a winner and bring in someone proven success. So we don't need to go into specific details here, but I'm talking... Organizations like the Eagles, like the Ravens, like the Chiefs, like the Steelers. You could throw in Michigan if you want, if you want to talk about Jim Harbaugh. Cleveland Browns, say what you will about the quarterback situation over there. They've drafted really good, in my opinion. San Francisco. All of these places have candidates that the Chargers could desperately use to beef up this team. Andy Whittle from the Pittsburgh Steelers, assistant GM. Mike Borgonzo from the Chiefs. Adam Peters from the Niners. Alec Hallaby from the Eagles. Catherine Reich, Glenn Cook from the Browns. Joe Horitz from the Ravens. Trent Kircher from the Seahawks. There's a whole list of names. Jim Harbaugh. They need a winner. They need someone that comes from a winning franchise that has done this and has 
a vision that is modern, in my opinion. That's the first step in the new vision is bringing a vision that works and that is proven. I think it's also important to note there, Dan, of the names that you read. So Mike Brzingi and Adam Peters would be my top two choices if we were just taking it off this list. But Adam Peters is a guy who has interviewed for general manager positions before. He has been on the scouting teams or the front office teams of championship teams. Notably with Adam Peters, he was with the New England Patriots from 2003 to 2008, with the Denver Broncos between 2009 and 2016. And if you remember what those teams were when they were in their Super Bowls, oh, you remember yeah. how those teams were built and how they drafted and obviously the free agent home runs that they were able to hit. Those are the things that you need to look for. Now, obviously, as Dan said, there's a plethora of names that you can go with, but you look at those organizations and you look at more so not just the first round talent in what you're able to build with. It's what you do after the first round. It's what you do after day two. It's how you build out the rest of those free agents that collectively as a Thank group you. with whoever the head coach is, is going to be able to come in, develop these players and get them to a point where it is not such a big drop off between a starter and the next guy down. And more importantly, probably, I know that Tom Telesco kind of uh, was completely opposite from A.J. Smith when it came to paying certain players. And we kind of got out of that rhetoric. But the Chargers are unfortunate right now because now there is they have put themselves in a very rough contract situation heading into 2024. More so it is where Tom Telesco has failed is the big free agents that you have attempted to sign over these years, there have been so many of them that have been swings and misses and that has cost this team from a financial standpoint dearly. For you have reasons. to, yes, you have to be better in terms of where you're allocating money to the right type of player that's going to be able to come in to perform for you. Yeah, the issue among the many with what we've seen with this Chargers franchise currently that this new vision needs to solve for is it's not just the first round draft pick. It's not just day two. It's not just day three. It goes into free agency before that. It goes into contract construction throughout the season. It goes into bringing in free agents mid-season if something is not working and adjusting, pivoting on the fly and working with your organization up and down from the VP to the owner, down to the players, the staff, training, coordinators. They all should be together. There should be no surprises. People should know what everybody is doing, what this team does well, and what they need. There shouldn't be any of this begging and pleading and explaining things midseason. That should be known. The vision needs to be shared, and they need to be invested in it together. And I think that's what is so important about the Chargers making the decision to bring in or to hire new head coach and GM. You had to have both because you bring in one, they don't have a shared vision. They could try to link up, but that's not how this works. The one thing that I'm a little nervous about, and this is not meant to be any disrespect. I think I'm just a little scarred from what's gone on with this Chargers team, Jake. 
hope that they hire externally. Because there's a GM candidate that you've seen internally that has notoriety. And I'm sure is a great person. And I, honestly, he might be wonderful. I just don't think that this Chargers can risk hiring JoJo Wooden or bringing him up to be the GM. It just seems too close to the fire. Am I am I wrong there? No, and I don't think that that's a disrespectful point. I think it, I think it makes sense. I've said this exact same thing. Just and and again, this is no disrespect to JoJo Wooden. I do think that he'll be the interim GM for to close out this season, um, whatever that means. Right, <laughs> but. Uh, he, he is definitely, he is, he's a guy who has gained interest over the past few years in NFL circles. He has interviewed for, uh, external GM positions before over the last mm-hmm. few years. I think just from the standpoint of the umbrella of the team that was Tom Telesco and the vision that was there, and you saw what the, the ultimate results are. If Dean is talking about a different vision, mm-hmm. This is where an external hire, I think, lives up to that billing. You have to get better in that circumstance. There cannot be any more internal movement from the way that this team has been constructed, the way that this coaching staff is personally right now. We we've, we said it that we felt before the season started that Kellen Moore was possibly an insurance policy that if the tenure of Brandon Staley ended up coming to an end, that doesn't look the case at all right now. Or be like a new it. vision either. No, no, he wouldn't be part of a new vision. Correct. So if what he is saying in this statement is true, you have to change the way that you think as an owner. You have to change the familiarity that you currently have as an owner. Look outside the box because doing something in the box for the last 11 years has not worked for you. They have to do something different than they've done before. And historically... They've been known to hire coaches with less tenure. Again, I'm talking in Tom Telesco's reign. Coaches with less tenure, first-time head coaches. The GM is known for having a theme when it comes to players drafted, brought in free agency, players not brought in midseason. Like there's there are themes that have gone on that have to change. And that's what's necessary. And I hope, and Jake, you and I talked about this last couple of weeks, the sun will shine again. And it was so dark these past couple of weeks. Hell, you could say the last year. But this was a huge step in the right direction. Huge step in the right direction. And now the future can begin. You got three weeks left in the season. We'll see what happens with games and how the team responds and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't matter other than you hope these young guys can get some reps and gain confidence. And then it's full-on 2024 rebuild. This was an important inflection point for this Chargers team. What they do from here will be just as important, though. Like, the work just started. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. But at least you can get a jump on 2024 now rather than waiting till the end of the season when interviews probably will already start taking place. Just in terms of what you needed to do now for the future, this was the right decision to make. Yep. And they made it together. They made it. The worst thing they could have done is fired the coach 
and then wait till the end of the season and everyone having to wait and see if they fire the GM. Like that would have been worst case scenario other than keeping them both. Chargers did what they should have done, what they were supposed to do, what we all hoped that they would do. They came through. That's what matters. Chargers fans, you're in for a wild 2024 offseason. But that's a good thing. That's what you want. Jake, this has been a crazy week, especially down game we saw last night versus the Raiders. But hopefully the fan base, organization, players use this fuel moving forward. And we'll be here to cover all of it. Uh, for Jake Hafner, Dan Wilkinstein, Chargers Unleashed, and LA Football Network. For those on ESPN Radio, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the holiday season. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.